Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is episode 26 of Live Mike. We're going to talk in just a moment how best to communicate with your representation in Washington. I used to work out there, and so I, uh, I know a little bit about how things work behind the scenes. I'll share some of that insight with you in a second. Before we do get into that, though, I want to talk uh, about one last thing dealing with this impeachment right now, and it has to do with uh, one member of the cast of characters. It's the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone. He, this morning, delivered some opening remarks. Let me give you a taste of what he had to say this morning. My name is Pat Cipollone. I'm here as counsel to the President of the United States. Our team is proud to be here representing President Trump. We support this resolution. It is a fair way to proceed with this trial. Very briefly, that resolution to which he referred there, uh, again, White House counsel Pat Cipollone was the one introduced by Chuck Schumer. There were, I'm sorry, uh, Mitch McConnell. That's the one that would lay out the the, the roadmap for how this would proceed. There was an earlier version floating around this morning and late last night that would allow for two days to each side for, for them to each make their case. And uh, for whatever reason, and we can speculate that in a moment, but that has been extended to three days when it was read by the clerk and it was uh, in Mr. Cipollone here started to defend it. It uh, included three days to each side to make their case. Anyway, so that's uh, Pat Cipollone. Uh, just a, a little bit more from his comments this morning. I'm going to give you a little bit of his biography. We believe that once you hear those initial presentations, the only conclusion will be that the president has done absolutely nothing wrong and that these articles of impeachment do not begin to approach the standard required by the Constitution and, in fact, they themselves will establish nothing beyond those articles. You look at those articles alone and you will determine that there is absolutely no case. Cipollone, a fascinating guy, Roman Catholic. Uh, he was a founding member of the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast and a board member of the Catholic Information Center. He also is the father of 10 children uh, and fascinating he years ago in his career before uh, working in the in a private uh, law firm he was assistant to uh, William Barr you know that name he's uh, currently the attorney general so he has a relationship that extends back into the early 90s with uh, William Barr fascinating thing and then he uh, just uh, last year or the year before rather uh, late 2018 uh, assumed the office of White House 
counsel. So he will be leading the, the president's defense as this, as these proceedings carry out over uh, today and tomorrow and, and on until whenever this uh, deal wraps up. But that's whenever you hear Pat Cipollone speaking, just know that's, uh, that's who you're hearing from. That's a little bit of his background. Now, this is what we have decided to talk to you about during this segment. We got to know we have a, a, a way to interact with uh, with you. Uh, there are a number of ways. Rather, uh, of course, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I love uh, hearing from you via that means, uh, as well as a Facebook page they set up for me here recently at KSL. It's just Lee Lonsberry. Uh, you, you type that into Facebook, and you'll find my uh, page. You may run into my personal site. You're welcome to check that out. Uh, as well, but the the one to which I'd like to call your attention now is the Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. On that, I have a link to uh, all of the proceedings happening in the Senate right now, uh, uninterrupted. So if you <clears throat> are sick of hearing me ramble, you can hear what's going on in the Senate. I mean, that's a tough choice. Which one? Uh, anyway, uh, on available to you now at my Facebook page uh, again, Lee Lonsberry. It's a stream we're making available here through ksl.com. In addition to that, we have an assignment desk. And that's where, uh, like, newsmaker types will send uh, various bits of info. And sometimes we'll get uh, notes from individuals. And one of those came through just uh, last night. I want to read it to you. And then I want to help see if I can answer uh, this question. It reads, I would, or I think... It would be a good idea for you to present on your newscasts about how we can express our opinions to Senators Romney and Lee. I am frustrated in what is happening and feel that I don't have a way to express my feelings to the senators. Thank you. I, uh, for about five years, worked as a congressional aide in the House of Representatives. So uh, not in the office of a senator, but uh, an office of a congressman nonetheless. The system is very similar as to how uh, those members of Congress receive uh, constituent correspondence, as it's called. Uh, You, as a a voting member of the public, are uh, someone's constituent. You here in Utah, everyone here is a constituent of uh, Senators Romney and Lee, and depending on where you live geographically, uh, will make you a constituent of any one of the four congressmen here representing uh, you in the House. Now, the question very basically is how can we express our opinions to Senators Romney and Lee? I'm going to expand that to how can we express our opinions and views uh, generally to the members of Congress who represent us in Washington, D.C. And number one, as simple as it sounds, it is be polite. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you go online, you can find uh, the websites of all of the House members and all of the uh, all of the senators and everyone representing you out in Washington, D.C. And each of those websites uh, carries with it a, a phone number. And you can call that phone number and you'll be connected almost immediately. Some some offices have a rule where it doesn't ring more than once before a human picks up the line on the other end. And so the phone uh, will be answered, likely by an intern. So understand that. When you call an office, you likely will be speaking first off to an intern uh, or maybe another member of the staff. uh, But someone, if, if I'm honest, at the lower level of things. And from that person... You uh, or with that person, you'll be able to express your views. You may be asked your uh, name and uh, your zip code. The reason you'll be asked your zip code is if you're calling uh, a house member, they'll want to know if uh, if they if you are a constituent of that uh, of that district. And if you are calling a, an office of a United States senator, they may ask you your zip code just to confirm that you in fact uh, reside in in the state represented by that office. Now, why do I say be polite? 
first off, it's common sense. You know that? You've been taught it since you were a little kid. It's absolute common sense. Be polite and kind. If you're not... If you go in there guns blazing, if as soon as someone picks up the phone, you start uh, downloading on them every single one of your life's frustrations and everything uh, you feel to have been uh, uh, any bit of damage you may have uh, felt as a result of the actions of your member of Congress, uh, they'll listen, uh, but you will not be taken seriously. Be simple. Uh, be polite and kind. Have a, a well-thought-out message, deliver it to that person who answers the phone, and I can assure you that it will be noted and it will be conveyed to the member of Congress you're calling. Now, that's only one way, the phones. Uh, now, how about mail? Is it uh, effective to reach out to your member of Congress through the mail? I'll tell you, snail mail, if you use a stamp, that uh, is not a good way to get in touch with your member of Congress if you want to communicate your message quickly. Why do I say that? If you send something through the mail, it will, of course, be delayed by the normal routine delays that uh, that face mailings, postal mailings and the like. But in addition to that, there are uh, security screenings. I have been on the receiving end of much mail as a congressional aide over the past number of years. And it's always, I can tell you, opened. And there is, after it's opened, uh, the mail is taken out. And some member of the House security team will review it and make sure, not not for content, this isn't an effort in censorship, but rather they will look at it and examine uh, and make sure that there are no uh, foreign substances, no uh, substances that would uh, be damaging or harmful. Anyway, that process takes time, of course, and it delays pretty significantly the time uh, from when it is sent to when it is received by that member of Congress. Sometimes it's a, a month or so. So if you have something broad and general that's not necessarily uh, time sensitive, the mail is a fine way uh, to send it and know that it will be reviewed and read uh, by, if not the member of Congress, but a team of their advisors. I can assure you of that. In addition, uh, you see sometimes online there are campaigns. Uh, it'll say quickly, uh, sign here. Uh, what's your name? What's your email address and your zip code? And we will on your behalf communicate to uh, your member of Congress. That is too easy. And if uh, a, an office in Congress is on the receiving end of uh, campaign mailings like that, when I say campaign, I don't mean political. I mean uh, there is a, a concerted effort for a company or a special interest group uh, to consolidate uh, a mailing list by you, you using your email address to send a number of uh, the identical pieces of mail. Uh, I can just tell you very basically that that's not so effective. Send mail yourself. Communicate yourself. Be your own spokesperson. Next up, we're talking to Bob Harmon. He's the chairman of Harmon's. We're going to talk about a deadline up on the horizon, just a few hours away before the folks uh, supporting this tax referendum will need to submit their signatures and see if they cross that threshold to get their views on the ballot this November. That's next up here on Live Mike. Before we go to break, though, let me throw things over to ARUP Blood Services and Sandy, where you'll hear from Tim and Amanda. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.